Thank you for joining us today. This is Expository Insights with Pastor Lyle Wall. Today we are in the third week of our Advent series, The Christmas You've Always Longed For, with Celebrate Whatever Your Circumstances. It is just a week until Christmas. A week until millions of people around the world celebrate. Yes, I realize many people celebrate beautiful, sentimental, seasonal feelings, even their own personal set of feelings, and nothing more. I read an article titled, Cultural Censorship is Ruining Christmas Carols. The writer opens, I miss Christmas carols. When you step into the shopping malls, flick on your television, hear a choir or attend a school concert, it's very rare that you hear an honest-to-God Christmas carol, the kind with God in it. The writer quickly and clearly stated that she is not a Christian and that she celebrates both Christmas and Hanukkah in the same unorthodox spirit. She continues, You don't have to believe in the Christmas story to appreciate the carol's beauty, depth, and cultural significance. Yes, many people celebrate only a beautiful, sentimental, seasonal set of feelings. But many people do know and celebrate the Christ of Christmas, God the Son entering humanity to give his life to purchase our pardon and life forever with God. All of God's people ought to celebrate Christ's birth, however they do it. Celebrate! Our English word celebrate comes from a Latin word carrying the ideas of honoring, praising, observing with honor, with a ceremony. Our English word appeared in the mid-16th century to describe a joyful activity in honor of something or someone to praise and honor someone by gathering together, holding a ceremony. Today, the common meaning is to take part in special, enjoyable activities in order to show that a particular occasion or person is important. Anything and everything. For starters, birthdays, a favorite sport team winning, Canada Day, wedding anniversaries, a new job, Retirement. It also means to perform an important or solemn religious ceremony, such as celebrating communion. How people view Christmas will, of course, determine if they celebrate it, and if they do, how they celebrate it. With so much poverty and pain, callousness and cruelty in the world, some wonder why we should celebrate Christmas especially if the difficult circumstances are in their own worlds. We hardly need examples, do we? With wars raging between nations and factions within nations. With millions of people struggling in extreme poverty. Estimates are that between 8 and 10% of our world's population lives in extreme poverty. With the wars over values and truth raging on, and with personal losses. 
For all these reasons and more, some people wonder why we should celebrate Christmas. At the same time, when we look around the world, we find many poor, suffering people celebrating Christmas as a sincere part of their deep faith. In many places where Christians are both very poor and severely persecuted for their faith, they celebrate gladly, but secretly. Those believers take their place in a long line of faithful people of God who celebrate Christ's birth in spite of difficult circumstances. This Advent, we have been taking a look at the history of Christmas from the example of Mary and seeing principles God has for us as we try to truly honor Christ, to experience a meaningful Christmas, to experience the Christmas we've always longed for. Our look today teaches us that the Christmas you've always longed for, a truly Christ-honoring Christmas, requires conquering circumstances. As we do that, we can celebrate whatever our circumstances are like. We begin by going back to the original Christmas and reviewing some of what it was like for Mary. Mary's circumstances were far from ideal. From one viewpoint, there was much to celebrate. God chose her to be the one through whom God the Son entered humanity to be our Savior. The miraculous work of God was certainly clear for her to see, and she was focused on the birth of Jesus. From another viewpoint, there were many things that could seem to make celebration difficult to impossible. Her circumstances were far from ideal. Consider some examples. She experienced shattered dreams. Go back to the opening of Luke's account in chapter 1, beginning at verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the descendants of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. Mary was engaged to Joseph. The formal engagement was as binding as marriage and usually lasted a year or longer. The length of the engagement depended on a number of things, including how old the couple was when their parents signed the marriage contract. We should be careful not to read our culture into hers. She probably was a teenager. It most likely, almost certainly, was an arranged marriage. While that was a different time and culture, Mary certainly had her dreams of what it would be like to go through the festive marriage celebration, then setting up her own home and building a life with Joseph. But the angel appeared with those shocking words that she would conceive by the power of God through the Holy Spirit and give birth to a son, Jesus the Savior, Jesus, God the Son in human form. These words shattered those dreams. She was favored by God. She would be remembered by all succeeding generations. But the dream of a beautiful, 
festive wedding was gone, and in its place was a quiet, private wedding amid speculation and suspicion. Let's move forward to the time of Jesus' birth for a second example of her far-from-ideal circumstances. She faced going into strange surroundings. Mary and Joseph knew God said through his prophet that the Messiah was to be born in Bethlehem, not their hometown of Nazareth. Caesar's decree for a census and the dates when Joseph had to appear were arranged by God to agree with the time when Jesus was born. As we noted last week, this was a great example of God's miraculous provision. But she was a young woman giving birth to her first child. She was far from home. Her mother and others she knew who would otherwise have been there to help her were not there. In fact, it's safe to conclude that there were no close relatives or friends in Bethlehem to be with her. If there had been, she and Joseph would have stayed with them in their home. And she was far from her own familiar house, which she and Joseph had set up. We know Mary was an outstanding young woman spiritually, but that doesn't mean she was free from questions and fears about these strange surroundings at this all-important time. A circumstance not conducive to celebration. Next, take note of, to put it politely, the scant quarters for them when Jesus was born. Mary and Joseph arrived in Bethlehem. While they were there, Jesus was born and, we know, she laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. A manger. A feeding trough. Our pictures are usually of a stable or a barn. But we don't know exactly where this feeding trough was. Perhaps in a walled-in court around a house, or behind the inn, or in a corral. And yes, it may have been in a shed or barn, although buildings like that for livestock with walls and a roof were neither necessary or common there at that time. It was not a state-of-the-art hospital, nor even an economy inn. In fact, not much of, if any, real building at all. Scant. We might even think scandalous quarters for anyone to be born, especially Jesus, God the Son, the Savior of the world. Those quarters were hardly conducive to celebrating. Shattered dreams, strange surroundings, scant quarters. Think about one more far-from-ideal circumstance. The simple welcome for this precious child, for the Savior of the world. Mary gave birth to Jesus, God the Son, the Savior. We don't know the time of day when Jesus was born, but we do know that during the night of that day, a great number of God's angels appeared in the radiant brilliance of God to announce Jesus' birth and give praise to God. Where did they appear? To whom did the angels bring this glorious message of great joy? Luke tells us, to some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock 
by night. No, it was not a night shift of shepherds. These were shepherds who stayed out with, lived with the sheep that they watched over. They probably were lower class and poor. We could think that they could have used a shower and a clean change of clothes before going to sea to worship their newborn Messiah. But even of greater significance, many of these shepherds were looked down on, held in contempt by the upstanding Jews because their work kept them away from strict observance of ceremonies and customs. These shepherds came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in a manger. They were the greeters, the first to welcome the King of Heaven, to worship Him, to glorify and praise God for His faithfulness in providing the Savior. By any earthly standard, this was certainly a most simple welcome for the eternal King of Kings and a circumstance that was not conducive to celebration. Yes, Mary's circumstances were far from ideal. Now let's move from Mary's circumstances to her response to those circumstances. Mary's response was far from what most people would consider a normal response. First, notice what we do not find in her response to all of this. To be sure, the record in Luke chapter 2 is a brief summary, is short on details. But there are no details, not even the slightest suggestion, to indicate that Mary was complaining, let alone demanding, that Mary's focus on God and his great miracle became fuzzy, that her celebration was curtailed. Now switch to what we do find. When she and Joseph came to Bethlehem, they couldn't find a place in the inn. They arranged to stay in a courtyard, corral, or shed. She gave birth to Jesus, wrapped him traditional style in strips of cloths, and laid him in a feeding trough to sleep. Then those shepherds came running to look and worship, and then excitedly run about the area telling everyone what they had seen as they praised God. And Mary? How did she respond? Luke wrote, But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. Mary conquered her circumstances. How? Our journey through Advent helps us see how this young woman, with a close and solid relationship with God, was able to respond with celebrating. She experienced God's sustaining, uplifting grace as and because she, among other things, slowed down for reflection and kept a God-centered focus. Yes, God teaches us through Mary to celebrate whatever our circumstances are, whatever they are like. Now let's move from Mary back in the original Christmas to us and this Christmas of 2023. What are your circumstances like this year? Are they ideal? Good? Or are they far from ideal?
Some people's circumstances are good, even great. To be sure, not the absolute ideal or perfect, but when they look at their family, their relationships, with others and God, their work, health, finances, well, it is good. Other people find most things going fairly well, but it seems as though there's always something that disappoints. These are people who can identify with Charlie Brown in the Peanuts comics. Charlie is never able to win over the nice, red-haired girl he admires. As well, in the fall, he always hopes Lucy will actually hold the football so he can kick it through the uprights. But despite his hopes and her promises, she always pulls it away at the last moment and he goes splat, flat on his back. And then at Christmas, he always ends up with a tree that drops all its needles as soon as he gets it set up and decorated. There are people who don't see the lighter and brighter side of things this Christmas. People far from the fantasy of a Charlie Brown, their dark world is reality. They're going through deep and serious, dark and long, difficult and depressing circumstances. They are out in what seems to be a cold corral with just a feeding trough and rough straw. There is little to bring light and happiness, and they can't understand why it is this way, why it has to be this way. That may describe your Christmas this year. The circumstances cover a wide and varied range. For some of us, words like these from other individuals may sound familiar. We made the last payment on the car, breathed a sigh of relief and thanked God. Then, that same day, the furnace went out. He said he would see us for Christmas, but now he's not coming again. I guess I'm not good enough, not that important. I finished a really big job back in September, did a great job, but I still haven't been paid a dime, and I'm supposed to pay the bills and have a Merry Christmas? If only we could go back before that big blow-up and do things differently. I thought it would be easier, but it isn't, at least much. Can you ever really celebrate after your husband of all these years is gone? I've learned to live with chronic pain, but when it gets up to the top of the scale, as it has been lately, I can't do much of anything. Celebrate? I'm trying to survive here. How could anyone believe that? It's totally ridiculous. How could anyone say that about me? I just want to hide. There's no way I'm going out where everybody's talking about me behind my back. Celebrate? You've got to be kidding. Yes, I know the circumstances for some of us during this Christmas season are far from ideal. It does seem like you are out in that cold corral with just a feeding trough and rough straw. You may have little to no control over your circumstances. 
but there is one thing you can and must have control over to honor Christ and receive his joy. That is, your response to the circumstances you are in. Your response. What will it be? No, I'm not suggesting you take a vacation from reality and pretend the far-from-ideal, terrible circumstances don't exist and hurt, nor that you stuff the feelings, paste a smile on your face, and pretend to celebrate when others are around. Rather, I ask that you keep tuned into reality, the reality of God's promises and faithfulness to you, the reality that God will never leave you, that if God is for you, who is against you? That no tribulation, distress, persecution, poverty, or danger can ever separate you from the love of Christ. That, in fact, in all the terrible things you experience, by faith you can overwhelmingly conquer through Christ who loved you. That God always leads you in triumph in Christ. You may say, yes, I know the Bible says these things, but how do I actually realize, experience them? Briefly, here are a half dozen practical action steps for all of us who know Christ as our Savior. Begin by accepting the truth that you have been recreated in Christ to conquer your circumstances, no longer to be conquered by them. That is part of your being a new creation in Christ. That is the objective truth of who you are in Christ. Accept it. Live by it. Second, be careful to check the impulse to be drawn into being focused on the negative, whether it be a preoccupation with and criticism of circumstances, yourself, or others. Instead, refocus on the truth, the promises of God. This will lead you to be able to see and thank God for His goodness in spite of real, pressing problems. Third, be careful to keep spending quality and quantity time with God. Time in worship, talking with, listening to Him speak to you through His Word. For example, why not personalize the Christmas hymn, O Come, Let Us Adore Him, singing, O Come, Let Me Adore Him. Fourth, gain perspective by thinking how much worse your terrible circumstances would be if God was not in control, if Jesus was not your Savior, Shepherd, Provider, Protector, and Friend. Fifth, look out for and reach out to others who are in difficult circumstances. One lady tells us that one year as she was growing up, there was no money for presents or the special foods they usually had at Christmas. Her mother had a stroke earlier that year, and with all the extra expenses, her father had told her and her brothers and sisters there was no money for Christmas. 
On Christmas Eve, they heard a knock on the door. People from their church were there with presents and treats. That not only changed this family's Christmas, leaving a lasting impact on them, it also did that for those from the church who reached out to them. This reaching out is not limited to those in difficult economic circumstances, but to all who find life difficult. Those who are alone, who are lonely, discouraged, struggling. Finally, ask yourself, what is so important, so exciting about Christmas? Think it through. Explain it to yourself in your own words, which anyone could understand. Write it out. Write out the specifics of the most wonderful, greatest gift ever given, and as the carol tells us, so God imparts to human hearts the blessings of his heaven to your heart. Celebrate. To observe an occasion or event, a person, to honor with festivities. The Christmas you've always longed for, a truly Christ-honoring Christmas, requires conquering your circumstances. Spend some time with God and begin by looking at your current circumstances realistically. Without getting into a rank-order comparison, remember Mary's far-from-ideal circumstances during the original Christmas. Shattered dreams, strange surroundings, scant quarters, a simple welcome. Think about, even wrestle with the reality that you no longer have to be controlled or conquered by your circumstances, by any circumstance. Accept that wonderful reality about yourself. Ask God to help you make and live out the choice to respond by being a conqueror over circumstances and to celebrate the birth of Jesus, his life in you, whatever your circumstances are this Christmas. Bow your head and pray with me. God, our loving, merciful Father, we thank you again for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ, who lovingly came into our world on that first Christmas to be our Savior. Thank you for the example of Mary, which shows us we can and should celebrate Christ's birth regardless of what is going on in our lives, in our world. Forgive us for times when we have allowed our circumstances to squelch our focus on Christ, our joyful celebration. Lead us in this week before Christmas to be conquerors, not victims, of our circumstances through Christ. We pray in his name. Amen.